one. Good evening and welcome to Refresh Bible Study. Hope you guys are having a great evening today. Today has been a great day for lots of lots of reasons. Uh, we got our 46th president in office today. And so, and we got our first uh, female vice president, black vice president in office. Uh, and so there's a lot of great things happening today. Lots of great things happening. And so uh, as we celebrate all of that, I want you guys to go ahead and like and share uh, the page, invite people, uh, as well as uh, 
let me know where you're listening from and whether you're watching live by hashtag live or <laughs> oh, all the comments never fail or uh, hashtag replay if you're uh, watching the re replay. All right. So I'm going to try to put up some banners real quick uh, so that uh, we'll be good there so you'll know uh, about the announcements. So first of all, let's go over our announcements. First, oh, and I got to fix that. On Mondays, it is now Strategies for Success with Pastor Sean. And Pastor Edwin has been joining her the last few weeks on Mondays at 12 noon. On Tuesday, we have prayer at 8 p.m. On Wednesdays, we have Bible study here at Refresh on FOC page as well as my personal page. And then on Sunday morning at 9.30, we have Pastor Chris who does Christian Valley Worships. And you can catch that on her on her professional page, Christian Valley Worship, or you can catch it right back here on the FOC page as well. And then follow the worship on Sundays. We follow that at 10 a.m. with uh, the word with Pastor Sean and Pastor Edwin. Um, and so those are the, our announcements. Don't forget about uh, Children's Church and Ignite. Uh, you can visit focchurch.com and you can find access to the information you need so that your kids can get the on-demand lessons for Victory Zone uh, and then also join the uh, Zoom sessions for our small group for our teenagers. And so those are our announcements for this week concerning those things. And if you keep me and I, I know I keep looking to the left. That's where my screen is. So I try to read y'all's comments. So if you see my eyes go to the left every now and then, I'm trying to keep up with the comments as we do that. All right. So those are the announcements. So let's let's get started tonight. Uh, I'm excited <clears throat> to have the opportunity to share the word with you. But before I start, I just want to tell, tell you, I love you. Um, God loves you. You are greatly favored by God. Uh, as I was preparing tonight, uh, it's overwhelming how often we go through the day and we always say things, but we don't tell people we love them or we don't let people know how valuable you are. So I want you to know that you're valuable. You're valuable to me. You're valuable to God. You're valuable to Fellowship of Champions. As partners of FOC, we pray for you daily and we're grateful that you've chosen this ministry to be the ministry that you come and that you sit under. Um, and so we just want to let you know that uh, we appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate the seed that you sow into the ministry that helps us uh, be benevolent to other families during this time. We thank you for the seeds that you've sown to help us give scholarships to our uh, to our young adults that are going to college. You make all of this possible. You make this broadcast possible. And so we want to just say thank you for everything that you do for Fellowship of Champions to ensure that we are a church that's able to teach people how to win in life all across, all across the globe. Uh, and so we just want to let you know that we're grateful for that. All right. And just know that you're valuable, whether you have ever given anything to FLC or not, or whatever you've done, the fact that you exist is indication that you're valuable. You're valuable to God. The Bible tells us in Ephesians that you're chosen, that you're holy, that you're acceptable, that you're beloved, and that you're the apple of your daddy's eye. He loves you. All right. Just the way you are. It doesn't matter what sin that you're in. It doesn't matter the condition of your mind. It does. None of those things matter because God loves you just the way you are. Flaws and all. And so I don't know who needs to hear that, but I want to let you know that God is in love with you. He's loved you from the beginning of the earth. He loved you before creation itself. 
everything he made, he made so that you will have a place to live and it could look just like heaven. And so because of that, he has given us power in our words to create the same way when after he created the earth, it was void and without form. He spoke words into this earth so that it could become what he desired. He has given you and I that same power to speak into this earth so that the things that we desire to see in this earth, we're able to see because we mix our faith with the word of God and we believe what we say. And when we believe what we say, we have what we say in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, all right. So tonight uh, we got a switcheroo. I was going to talk about releasing the power of God, but as I was talking about releasing the power of God, I got caught up with the parable of the sower. So that's what we'll be talking about tonight: is the parable of the sower. Uh, as you guys know, we've been joint prayer. I forgot about prayer every morning at six thirty a.m. And I want to challenge some of you guys to really get back in there. I'm not sure if it's the ones on this call that are not there, but we, we see in the beginning, it was a little few, it was a few more people on, on it. And so what I wanna do is challenge you. I mean, go ahead, don't watch the replay, go ahead and watch the live, go ahead and get up and participate and get there. Call your friends, call your buddies, call the partners and let them know, hey, we still have, we're still having prayer every morning at 6.30 a.m. And part of that, we go over the affirmations. And one of the things that we've been talking about, the very first one, is that the year 2020 is a year of supernatural release, both as as a church and as individuals. And that's one of the uh, one of the initiatives that we've been praying. The very first one. And as I was reading that, I'm like, yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about releasing the power of God because that's what's happening in this year for us. But in order to release the power of God, we have to understand that that's just not going to happen, right? Uh, it, it requires something, all right? So yeah, let's get to our 150 mark on prayer, all right? So grab a friend, tell a neighbor, all of it, bring them on. And so that, that initiative is based off Psalms 125 verses five through six. And it states, those who sow their tears as seeds will reap a harvest with a joyful shout of glee. They may weep as they go out carrying their seed to sow, but they will return with joyful laughter and shouting with gladness as they bring back armloads of blessings and a harvest overflowing. Uh, and so when I was reading that, and I've just been meditating on it, I was like, okay, sowing their seeds with tears, as sowing with tears is their seed. And so I went and did some uh, digging, just kind of figure out what is this talking about? And John Piper had a very good analogy uh, as I was uh, looking at this. He says, when there are simple, straightforward jobs to be done, and you are full of sadness, and tears are flowing easily, Go ahead and do the job with tears. Be realistic. Say to your tears, tears, I feel you. You make me want to quit, but there is a field to be sown. There are things to be done. And then say on the basis of God's word, tears, I know that you will not stay forever. The very fact that I just do my work will in the end bring a great harvest of blessing. So go ahead and flow if you must, tears. But I believe, though I do not yet see it or feel, feel it fully, I believe that there are simple, the simple work of my sowing will bring an armload of blessings and my tears will be turned to joy. 
And so this is what I want to tell you tonight. As we read that scripture, there will be opportunity for you to cave in. There will be opportunity for you to quit. Some of us right now, I mean, some of you on the fast may already feel that way. Like coffee, man, we on day what? What day are we on? We're on day eight? Uh, and you're like, I may have that wrong. Yeah, I think it's, I, I forgot. We on several days. But because uh, once you're in it, man, you lose track of the days because you hit that vein and it ain't bothering you anymore because you're focused on God. But anyway, here's the thing, day 10. When there are simple, straightforward jobs to be done and you are full of sadness or you see obstacles or you see turbulence or you see things that cause you to want to not believe, what it's saying is keep believing, keep believing, keep sowing the seed. That's what that scripture says. Those who sow their tears, those who sow in the midst of oppression, those who sow in the midst of adversity, those who sow in the midst of turmoil, those who sow will reap a harvest with joyful shouts of glee. Glee, they may weep. It may become a time where you're circle punch. It may come a time where you feel like you can't make it. It may come a time where that happens and you're carrying your seed to sow and you're crying all the way there. But, but you'll return with joyful laughter, shouting with gladness. In other words, don't grow weary in your well-doing. Don't grow weary in sowing the seeds. Don't grow weary in discipline. Because that's, what's, that's what Psalms 125 and 5 and 6 is talking about. Be disciplined. Force yourself to sow when you don't feel like sowing. What are you talking about, Ralph? When your spouse says something to you crazy and, and you know you need to sow a word of kindness, sow that word. When you're at the store and they throw your change back to you and you want to say something stupid, instead sow kindness and give them grace, give them mercy. When, you, when God asks you for that extra financial seed and you don't think you got enough because that's for your bill or that's for this, or you're saving this for the vacation when the pandemic ends, you sow it anyway because discipline isn't something that just happens. It's something that forced. So I am going to for, be disciplined in my seed sowing. I'm going to force the seed into the ground even in the midst of tears, even in the midst of whatever, I will sow what I need to sow because in the end of it, I will reap an armloads of blessing and I will harvest overflowing. So when you're reading this word, I mean, don't think it's going to be roses every day. Just because we're saved doesn't mean that we don't encounter tribulation. Just because the Bible says that though trouble come, we will rescue from it, right? I mean, though the weapon may be formed against us, we, God has already raised a standard against it. It's not that we won't encounter, it's that we already have the victory. So I'm going to sow my seed in the midst of whatever I see. I will not let sensual, sensual observations keep me from sowing. You go ahead and type, type that. I won't let sensual, what am I talking about sensual? My eyes, my ears, what I see, what I hear. I will not let anything that I can observe with my senses keep me from sowing. My sowing is what's going to bring me victory. My sowing is what's going to bring me the armloads of blessings. And what am I doing when I sow? I am obeying God because obedience, we're going to find out in a moment, 
moment. Obedience is what tills up the ground of your heart, making it the perfect soil in order for God's word to be planted and bring you the greatest reward that you can ever get. That hundred, that sixty, that thirtyfold, that comes from obedience. Why? Because obedience tills up your heart, making it pliable, making it perfect, making the conditions excellent for the fruit to be grow the size that God desires for it to be in your life. So let's go ahead and get started. So 2021 will be our best year yet. A year of household salvation. That's what it says. A year renewal of being abundantly supplies of God's goodness. A year that every partner of FOC experiences God's grace and glory. Year 2021 will be a year of radical obedience. That's what we pray every morning. It is our obedience that will position us to experience our best year yet. It is our obedience that will move us into releasing the power of God. It is our obedience that will till up our heart, making it perfect ground for sowing. Because I obey, my heart is the perfect sower. Because I obey, my, my heart is good ground. Because I obey, my heart is optimal to receive the word from God so it may grow up and become what he desired for it to be. Because I obey, I become the very thing that's needed to incubate the word, to incubate the seed, and I will see great fruit, and I will see the abundance of everything that God has said. Why? Because I operate in radical obedience. All right? Hebrews 4 and 2 says this. It says, the message they heard was of no value to them. But you know why the word was no value to them? Because it was not mixed with what faith. It was not mixed with faith. So it doesn't matter the word that you hear. It doesn't matter how many times you say these initiatives. None of that matters if you're not going to mix it with faith. If you're not going to allow the word of God to come into your heart and then you're, and it becomes good ground so that it may grow up and become something. The, here's the thing. <clears throat> here's the issue. Uh, the, it doesn't matter what's said about FOC. And I want, I want you to understand this. It doesn't matter what's said about FOC. It will not impact you or I if we do not mix the words we hear with faith. We have to mix the words that we hear with faith. In other words, in the face of adversity, in the face of discomfort, in the face of agony, and what may appear a natural defeat, I keep on sowing seed. Go ahead and type that. I keep on sowing seed. I never stop sowing. And, and, and I keep I keep hearing about attitude. Some of you guys think you're you're doing good. You 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 tithe all the time. You got that down. You give when God say give. You show up to church when God says show up to church. But your attitude is raggedy. Now I don't know who I'm talking to, but you receive your attitude is raggedy. You go to work with a raggedy attitude. You talk to your kids with that raggedy attitude. Your spouse don't like you because you got a raggedy attitude because everything, because you're so selfish, everything got to be about you and you base everything about how you feel. You don't got to feel like being a parent. You don't got to feel like being a spouse. You don't got to feel like going to work. Discipline says what needs to be done I get it done because you lack discipline. Your attitude is stained. But here's the thing. A little leaven leavens the whole lump, right? So because your attitude is bad, then it rolls over into other areas of your life. But you got to fix that. You got to tame your tame your temperament. You got you got to tame your, your, your tongue. 
but you got to fix that attitude because God, God is not just satisfied with us being a great tither or God is just not satisfied with us being great fasters or great prayer warriors or, or great church attenders. God wants our whole life. He wants our whole heart. He doesn't just want us to be great in one area. He wants us to experience excellence in all areas. Heck, that's the, that's the whole vision of this ministry, a church teaching you to walk in love, live by faith, and experience God's prosperity. Where? In all areas of your life. And so you got to understand that in this year of radical obedience, God is coming to take everything that doesn't look like him. But here's the thing. He can't take it unless you surrender it. You got to submit the stank attitude. You got to submit the cuss words. You got to submit the depression. You got to submit to all of that because that all has to be submitted. What it means to submit, it means to yield to. And then you got to surrender. You got to cease to resist because you don't need that attitude. You don't you don't need those things because that's not designed to protect you anyway. So I don't know who you are, but you, you you go ahead and get rid of that attitude. Just lift your hands. God, I thank you right now. I, I submit to you. I yield to you. I cease resisting from your will, Father. I declare that tonight, I, whatever, whatever attitude I have, I give it to you in exchange for your peace, in exchange for your patience, in exchange for your love. And I thank you that I'll operate the same way that you operate. The same patience you have shown me, I show others. The same grace you have shown me, I show others. The same mercy you have shown me, I show others. I am not quick with my tongue, but I'm quick to listen. I am quick to, to comprehend and understand. And then I deliver a word that's based off your heart, God, and not what I want to do. I deliver a word, God, that's based off your desire and not how I feel. I declare that I operate in discipline, God. I don't care if I feel like being a Christian today. I do it anyway. Why? Because discipline is forced. I tell my soul what it'll do. I declare that my soul aligns with the word. I declare that my, my soul agrees with the word. I declare that I walk after the God. And because I walk after God, I exhibit the fruit of the spirit. All of them. Run over there to Galatians 5. You can read all of them. I, I exhibit all of them. Why? Because that's what <clears throat> that's what God has asked us to do. So, <clears throat> so when I'm talking about sowing seed, all right, I'm talking about the word. Because in Matthew 4 and 14, the Bible says the former sows the word as seed. That's the seed that we're talking about. So, so when we're going back to Psalms, those who sow their tears. The tears that seeds will reap a harvest. So when I'm talking about sowing, I'm talking about in every situation, I am sowing what God has said in his written word or what God has said to me. I, I like that, Chandra. My soul is not the boss of me. It is aligned with God's word. Because think about how many times you make decisions on about how you feel. It ain't about how you feel, baby. It's about what the word has said. And I have to keep reminding myself that. It ain't about how you feel, rap. It don't, it doesn't matter if you feel like doing it or not. What what discipline says, I do what needs to be done when it needs to be done. That's what it means to be disciplined. I do what needs to be done when it needs to be done. It ain't about how you feel. It's about what God has said. It's not about how you feel. It's about what God has said. And what you'll find out is that a lot of times when you're moved by how you feel, then you'll, you'll find yourself being that person who, who, uh, whose heart is thorny, right? Your heart is thorny, but let's, let's keep going. So 
when I sow, I am sowing the word of God. That is what I am sowing. And in a seed, the seed is not the problem. And the sower is not the problem. The issue is with the ground. Because I can buy a bag of seeds from Walmart. And I can take the same bag of seeds, right? Same quality, everything. And I can plant those seeds. I can throw some of those seeds in my backyard. I can throw some of those seeds on a gravel road. I can throw some of those seeds on, on, on the walking path at the park. And, I, and then I can take some of those seeds and I can till up the ground, get all the weeds out, and I can sow those seeds in good soil. And so all of those seeds were the same in the sense they came from the same place, right? So, but not all of those seeds produced the harvest. It wasn't the person who was spreading the seed that was a problem, and it wasn't the seed itself that was a problem. The issue was the ground in which the seed was planted. And so what I want to talk to you about tonight is what kind of ground are you? And, and I'll be honest with you. I can't even talk about this message without referring to my big sister, Tanitra Thompson. She taught a message called Good Ground. Man, it's probably, oh, I was in college then, so it was between 2000 and uh, one in 2006, she taught that, I believe. But man, you can go back and listen to it, but she did such an excellent job. So I, I got to shout uh, Nietzsche out for that. But but your ground matters. Your heart matters. Uh, and it's not the seed that's the problem. The word always works. The problem is it may not be working for you because you may be wayward ground. It may not be working for you because you may be rocky ground. It may not be working for you because you may be thorny ground. So let's talk about where, where we are, where our heart is, so that what we're talking about for FOC this year can actually come to pass in our life. So I'm going to read. Uh, I got, got my Bible out. So let me, uh, let's go through. Let's, I'm going to read it out of Matthew. Now, I'm going to read out of Mark, Mark 4. So let me get to Mark 4. All right, it says the parable of the sower. And he began to teach. Uh, this one, I kind of need a podium. And he began to teach by the seaside. And there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea. And the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables and said unto them and his doctrine hearken behold there went out a sword to sow and it came to pass as he sowed some fell by the wayside and the fowls of the air came and devoured it and some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth but when the sun was up it was scorched and because it had no root it withered away and some fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and yielded no fruit and other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30 and some 60 and some 100. And he said unto them, he that has ears, let him hear. He that has hear, ears, let him hear. They said that when he was alone, they were about him. They said, Jesus, what are you talking about? What does all this parable mean? And in Matthew 4, Mark 4 and 14, it says, the sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. Yeah, the sower sows the word. So, so check this out, guys. What kind of ground are you? Are you the wayside? Are you the rocky ground? 
you're the thorny ground or you good ground. So let's break these down. All right. So when you look at Matthew four, it talks about the wayside. All right. It says these are the people when they hear Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Right. That hard ground is like a walkway. Imagine a path that you walked on as a kid. We used to walk through uh, some some grassy area to get to our friend's house, and we walked on that path so much that it was still dirt, but it was so packed down that it wasn't pliable, you know, and it was almost like concrete. And so that's what this is talking about. The word hits the surface, but it doesn't penetrate anything. There's no faith here. So the person who's wayward, they don't exercise faith. There's no second thoughts about the word being true because there has not been any time spent trying to understand the word. They don't spend time. They don't meditate on the word. So they don't even recognize Joshua 1 and 8. The wayside people, Satan is coming immediately and just snatching the word away from them. There, there's, no, there's nothing there. And because the word is planted, is not planted, Satan comes immediately and takes it away like a bird taking a seed from a sidewalk. Satan swoops down and snatches the seed from taking root in your heart. And so that's what's happening, all right? You don't want to be the person who who comes to church or you hear the word, but it really, you're just doing it out of religion, right? Grandma went to church, mama went to church, I go to church. Or I don't want people talking about why you don't go to church. Or you listen just because. That ain't, that ain't who you need to be, right? It says, we make our hearts hard when we refuse to pay attention and listen. So how do you become a person who has a hardened heart? You refuse to pay attention. You refuse to listen. You act stubborn and you cover your own ears. So when, when you begin to be a person, this is how you harden your heart because you don't listen, you don't pay attention, and you cover your own ears. So what you're saying is, God, I hear you, but I got my own agenda. God, I, I know that may be true for y'all them, but it ain't what I got because I'm on my own. You know, I'm just keeping it real. I, I'm broke. I'm just keeping it real. I got cancer. I'm just keeping it real. I'm this. I'm just keeping. You're covering your ears. You're not even entertaining what God has to say because you're so blinded by the world that you can't even. And you're you're so disobedient that because of disobedience, your heart become hard, hardened. Uh, Zechariah 7 verses 11 through 12 says, but they refused to pay attention. Stubbornly, they turned their backs and they covered their ears. They made their hearts as hard as flint and would not listen. So they made their hearts hard. Why? Because they refused to pay attention. They refused to listen. They covered their ears and they operated in stubbornness. So having a hard heart takes work. It requires act, your active participation because you got to cover your ears. You got to be disobedient. You got to not pay attention. You just, I mean, you come to church, stand on your phone. As, as Michael says, stiff-necked and high-minded. I like that, Michael. You, you, you come to church, you stand on your phone. You're late for church. You don't listen to anything pastor say, but you always asking him for help or her for help, right? You're just stubborn. When people give you recommendations on what needs to be done, you it go in one ear and out the other. Or in other words, I mean, you don't even hear it at all because your ears are covered. You ain't really wanting to change. You're just going through the motions. These people are just going through the motions. 
they are wayside. So when we're reading those 20, those initiatives, when we're talking about 2021 being the year of great release and we're experiencing the supernatural power of God, that this has been a year of great favor and great harvest, that when we're talking about those things, those things will not be relevant for those who are on the who, who are on the wayside. They won't be re relevant for those who have a hard heart. All right. Why? Because one of the initial initiatives say and from 2021 forward, we put the word first place in our lives and allow God to direct our past. So we make the word first place. When you make the word first place, then it causes you to have a heart that becomes good ground for the word. All right. Let's go to the second one. Let's talk about the rocky ground. Uh, verse five, it says, some fell on a stony ground and when it had not much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. Rocky ground, these are when they hear, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves because they don't let it take root. And so they only endure for a short time. The moment tribulation shows up, the moment persecution comes, they immediately stumble. So if you go back to Psalms 125 verses five and six, these are people who cannot sow their tears. These are people that cannot, uh, they may weep as they go out carrying their seed. They're not going to be weeping. They're not going to be sowing in tears because the moment anything shows up that doesn't, that, that they can see with, observe with their ears and with their eyes, then they immediately let go of the word. They immediately, the word goes away because it never took root. And so when tribulation or persecution comes, they stumble. You know, the Bible says that Abraham staggered not at the promises of God. So the people who are rocky ground, they are staggerers. People who are rocky ground, they are lukewarm. People who are rocky ground, they really don't let any of the word take, take root because immediately they're always caught up with what they can observe with their senses. It says they're happy to hear about Jesus, but they do not let it sink into their heart. There is no careful, careful consideration for the word. They follow God, but they are not disciplined. They follow God, but they're not disciplined. In other words, they follow God, but they don't force themselves. They don't force their soul to align. They don't force their soul to agree. They refuse to do what needs to be done when it needs to be done. They refuse to do what needs to be done when it needs to be done. Are you somebody that's easily distracted by what you see in the earth? God said, this is a year of supernatural release. This is a year of household salvation. This is a year that we'll be satisfied with God's grace and goodness. This is a year for glory for every partner. When, when the smallest thing come your way, do you, which one is rooted? Are these words rooted or the fact that you got a bill or the fact that something didn't go your way or the fact that you got laid off or the fact that you didn't get the job or the fact that you experienced a little turmoil? Is that what you believe is greater or do you believe the word of God? Because that's what you got to uh, determine. And in Hosea 10 and 12 in the Amplified, it states, it says, so with a view to righteousness, reap in accordance with mercy and loving kindness, and break up your uncultivated ground, for it is time to seek and search diligently for the Lord. So how do I get rid of rocky ground? I seek God. How do I get rid of rocky ground? I search diligently. How do I get rid of rocky ground? 
are reap in accordance with mercy and loving kindness. When you begin to focus on the love of God, when you begin to focus on the fact that he loved you while you were yet sinner, when you begin to focus on the fact that he loved you in the midst of it all, when he, when his love caused grace and mercy to be extended to you, when you look at his willingness to always bring you back into his fold, like when the prodigal son left, the father every day went looking for him. He didn't care what the son did with the spoils. He wanted his son back. And that's the same way God wants for people with rocky hearts. He's saying, look, just come after me. I don't care what you did. I don't care what you observed. I don't care the situation you've gotten yourself into. All I want is the best for you. Come back home. Because when you come back home, then I can begin to break up that uncultivated ground so that my word can be planted within your heart so that it may grow and produce 106, 30, 60, and 100 fold harvest on your behalf so that you can see the glory of what I have bestowed upon you. But as long as your heart is stony and it can't take, my word can't take root, then I have no way to bear the glory. You have nothing to hold the glory in which I'm trying to build in your life. Why? Because there's no trees to hold anything. There's no branches to hold anything, right? You don't have an apple without an apple tree. You, I mean, think about it. The apple holds, is on a branch. The branch is connected to the tree. And you can go on over there to John 15 and talk about how we God is divine and we're connected to him. So we can't have any fruit unless we're connected to him. And so those who have a rocky heart will not bear fruit because there won't be any root for this, for it to bear. So you have to put in work. Rocky people think that God will do everything. So here's an indication that you have a rocky heart. You think God going to do everything. You think that God told you the dishes a year a great uh, a great harvest. This is a season of great harvest, right? That that harvest just gonna show up. You think that uh, eighteen wheelers just gonna show up to your house with all the harvest, baby? That's just not how it works. Now, though it's possible, that's just that's just that's it's unlikely, right? Because when God gives us a word, He gives us a plan of action on how that word is gonna come to pass. So those who have who are good ground, you're seeking God now on how to how to manifest the abundance that God told you that you can have this year. So God, how, for, for me, Father, I thank you that this is a year of great supernatural release for FOC and, and, and individuals. God, as an individual, how will this be my year release? How do I experience that release for my life? Talk, teach me, God, show me the plan of action for my life, not my wife's life, not my, not Pastor Edwin's life, but my life. Show me what I need to do so that I can receive the release that you have for me in this year, right? So I got to seek God for that. So you can't think that God is going to do everything. God will always be with us and instruct us on the path to overcome. He's going to always be with you, but he ain't the one doing the work. You got to do the work. It's like the other day, uh, I brought something for eight, uh, the boys, uh, and it was this little uh, toy kit uh, because uh, it was for Major because Aiden got one for Christmas and he wanted one. It's just think of just a wooden toy uh, uh, cars that you got to nail together. It comes with hammer, screwdriver, and all of this. And so Major wanted the outcome, right? I brought it for him. For him, he wanted the outcome. He wanted to play with the toy. But it was amazing, though, he didn't want to do the work. He had everything he needed. He had the nail, he had the nails, he had the wood, 
He had me giving him the instructions. He had everything he needed to produce the outcome that his daddy wanted for him and that he said he wanted for himself. But he wasn't willing to put in the work. And see, that's what happens to so many believers. God has sit, God is sitting there with us. He is reading all the instructions to us. He has put in instilled inside of us the Holy Spirit to tell us how to do it. He has given us all the tools, the resources, and the provisions to, to do what we say we want. But we're not willing to pick up the hammer and drive in the nails. Everything Major needed was right there in front of him with my assistance. But he wasn't willing to do the work. Baby, this won't be the year for you if you don't be willing to do the work. This won't be the year of integrity and provision. It won't be the year you hear the voice of the Lord clearly. It won't be the year that that, that happens unless you choose to put the word first, unless you choose to radically obey God, unless you choose to be good ground in which the word, the seed can be planted so that it can bring forth fruit. All right. Don't be the person that asking God for everything, having God give you all the tools to do it. And then you failing to act on what you ask God to do for you. And see, that's where you can't be. All right. It's going to require a little sweat equity. It's going to require because that I mean, go back to that scripture, those who sow their tears. So in the midst of those times where it didn't seem like enough, God, I thank you that you've already provided everything that I need. I interrupt my thought process with my words. So every time a thought may come through, I don't have enough. Nope. I declare in Jesus name that he has already provided everything that I need. He has came and because he has come, I can enjoy life abundantly. I interrupt every thought that says I'm going to cuss out that person. No, nope, that is not the character of God. I declare that I have the mind of Christ and I and I, it is my will to seek the kingdom. What's the kingdom? God's way of thinking and God's way of doing things. So though I feel like cussing you out, but because I'm disciplined, I know what needs to be done and I do it. So I tame my tongue and I keep my mouth shut. I tame my temperament, my attitude, to obtain those things so that they may align with the kingdom. Because when I align with the kingdom, the Bible says he knows that we have needs of these things. He So he'll take care of it, right? In Matthew 6, he'll take care of it. If you what? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. You got to interrupt your thoughts with the word, with the seed. What's the seed? The seed is the word of God. Interrupt your thoughts with the seed. Interrupt your thoughts with the seed. Thought. I'm going in, my marriage is going to end up with divorce. Nope. I declare in Jesus' name, what he has joined together, no man can tear apart. So I declare that right now in the name of Jesus, that God's word prevail. I thank you, Father, that as a husband, I love my wife like Christ loved the church. I declare that you will show me everything about myself that's that's not not good for my marriage. And I thank you, God, that you'll show it to me. And then I am willing to be disciplined to force my soul, my flesh to align with those things so that my marriage will work. I take back my marriage. I ain't talking about April. I ain't talking about my kids. I take back my marriage because I choose to obey God to become the husband that God told me to do. <laughs> Josh said I had this dinner, man. <laughs> so I choose to be a husband. You got to take that back. So many times we put the, the responsibility of change on other people. In a relationship, the responsibility of change comes on me. 
Now, I understand there could be some things that April is doing wrong in our marriage that is hurting our marriage. But at the end of the day, I can't change April. All I could do is pray for April. But as I pray for April, then I pray that I continue to be the husband that God has called me to be. See, here's the thing. Don't let anything your spouse do cause pull you out of the character of God. Because what happens is marriages fail because somebody may get upset and then instead of staying in the character of god this ain't for every marriage this isn't this isn't like blanket this i mean for everything all right uh but what i'm seeing a lot with the small a lot of small stuff we allow people to pull us out of the character of god because honestly we are stony ground when it comes to the word in that area or we are thorny ground when the word when it comes to word in that area because we haven't spent enough time becoming obeying god you know god told you not to uh, say nothing to your spouse but you had to have the last word you know god told you to buy her or, or her flowers or buy him a gift, but you you was mad at them and you didn't obey it. God is trying to bring restoration, but your old stony heart won't let it occur. You got to choose to be pliable. And what did I say makes you pliable? Obeying God makes you pliable. So let's go ahead and talk about the thorny, thorny ground so that we can wrap up here. It says the thorny ground, they hear the word, but also the, they hear the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things. This chokes out the word and it becomes what? Unfruitful. So, so the thorny ground, you hear the word, the word is good to you, right? And it's planted and you, you may see a little fruit, but if you've ever seen an overgrown garden, what you'll notice about an overgrown garden is this it doesn't produce the same size fruit as one it's taken care of. It may start out producing something, but the end thereof is just a bunch of weeds. Why? Because when you're a thorny ground, you grow and bear some fruit, but soon the worries of life chokes out the fruit. You're worried about daily living. You're worried about think money. You're worried about health. You're worried about clothes and shelter. You're worrying about things. You're worrying about everything that you can observe with your senses. Those are the things that you're concerned about. You're consumed by anxiety, weary, fear, and discouragement. Thorny people fruit doesn't grow much because the weeds consume the nutrients. Now, let's talk about nutrients. What nutrients are needed for seeds to grow? Those nutrients that it's talking about is your heart and your soul. And so, because your heart is the ground, right? So you can have, let's talk, let's get specific. You can have ground where you can believe God for finances and you get them because there are all types of seed, right? So a cactus doesn't need the same nutrients that an apple tree needs, but an apple tree doesn't need the same nutrients that a uh, that, that an orange tree needs, right? Every seed needs nutrients to to be to grow but they don't all need the same thing so you may be well versed in, in in healing you know when you plant seeds of healing though you people get healed right but when you but when you plant seeds for financial deliverance you, you don't see it why because your heart may be stony your heart may be uh thorny when it comes to those things but what i tell you god wants to do for us this year he wants to make through obedience 
it makes our heart perfectly conditioned to receive whatever seed that's planted therein. So when I obey God, it puts me in position. It makes my heart perfectly nutrient rich to produce whatever seed that I need to produce. So financial, uh, 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 marriage, relationships, healing, uh, salvation, it doesn't matter. Obedience provides my heart with the nutrients it needs for the seed to grow. All right. So people who have a thorny heart, they cannot focus on living for God. Therefore, they do not have the spiritual strength to obey God over their own flesh. And because you don't make God your focus, you don't make God your priority. See, you can read through these, these initiatives, right? I've been in this ministry 20 years. Uh, yeah, 20 years. Uh, and so uh, I've been rocking with uh, Pastor Edward and Pastor Sean a long time. And we've seen a lot of people come through. I've seen a lot of my brothers and sisters and, and partners in the ministry. They can come and they can quote the Bible, right? They can quote, the, you can quote the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. You can, you can quote, you can memorize every one of these fasting initiatives. But if you don't mix these words with faith, if they are not planted in good ground, you'll still see no fruit. Because why? The word not mixed with faith will profit you nothing. So don't focus on just trying to read them. Focus on making them become so real in your life that if, when pressures applied, that's what comes out of you. When pressures applied, that's what oozes out because that's your only response because that's what's in your heart in abundance. Man, no, it's not. This is a year of radical obedience. Tongue, you are tamed in the name of Jesus. I declare that my, my environment is tamed. I don't know what's going on with my friends and I don't know what's going on with my work, but I thank you, Lord, that my environment resembles everything I need to resemble so that I may produce what you desire for me to produce in this earth. I am willing to cut off TV. I am willing to cut off food. I am willing to cut off friends, family, and anything that interrupts my connection with God. Because when you become, and I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but when you become good ground, there's nothing more precious than God. There's not because that's I mean, when you're talking about honoring God, there, when I honor something, there's nothing more precious than God. No relationship, nothing horizontal compares to my vertical relationship with God. Nothing. But when God becomes your focus, then the ground gets good. Let me finish up with Thorny. All right. It says when God is not the focus, I, I want you all to hear this. When God is not our focus flesh is. When God is not our focus, flesh is. So when I don't discipline myself to make God my focus, by default, nature keeps, kicks in. And naturally, I'm a sinner. Naturally, I fulfill the lust of the flesh. Flesh. Naturally, my heart draws me, is drawn away by its own lust. Naturally. So when I choose not to focus on God, when I choose not to force my soul, my mind, my will, my imagination, my intellect, my emotions, when I choose not to force those things to focus on God by default, their thermostat is set at flesh, which achieves sin. And we know the result of sin is death. Now, I'm not just talking about death like you fall over and die. I'm not talking about death in your money, death in your mindset, death in your emotions, death in your relationships, death in your health, death in your uh, relationships with your, your kids, 
That's what I'm talking about. But when I begin to focus on God through discipline, which means I force myself, regardless of how I feel, I'm going to keep saying that. This is a year to lay aside your earthly feelings. Feelings are a byproduct of our human nature. We are not to be led away by our flesh, but we are to be led by our spirit. You don't got to feel like it to do it. You don't got to feel like it to do it. Discipline, and Pastor Edwin, I like that. Discipline must be cultivated in the life of the believer if they expect to see the things of God. You got to cultivate that. I got to love what God loves and I got to hate what God hates. And that's why fasting becomes easy for you when you make God your focus. I'm not focused on the absence of food. I'm focused on the presence of God. I'm not focused on not getting to drink a soda or drink coffee. I'm focused on the ultimate worship to God. I'm not focused on those things. I'm focused on the clarity that I'm receiving. I'm focused on the direction I'm going. I'm focused on the heart that I'm cultivating. I'm focused on the mindset that I'm producing. I'm focusing on seeking the kingdom. And I know that when I seek the kingdom, that according to Psalms 125, that in the end, I am focused on those arm loads of blessings and a harvest overflowing. I'm willing, I'm, I'm focused on getting out of the ankle deep water that they talked about in Ezekiel 47. I'm focused on going from the ankle deep water to the, to the knee deep, to the, to the waist deep. And I'm focused on going down into it until I have to swim with the Lord. I am not dependent on anything but the God. He is my only source because when I am good ground, I have no plan B's. When I am good ground, I have no plan Bs. I don't have any other options, God. If you don't come through, God, I fail. If you don't rescue me, God, I fail. If you don't heal me, God, I fail. But I don't have a plan B. I don't have any more options. Why? Because when you become good ground and when you make God your focus, then all other options are off the table. That's what it means to be fully persuaded. That's what Abraham was that's talking about. Abraham, he became fully persuaded. I think Pastor Edwin was teaching one time. It's like a, a bullet being fired out of the gun. There's no way I can return. When you're fully persuaded, baby, I'm all in. I'm in the depths of where God called me to be. I'm experiencing everything that God called me to experience. Why? Because in 2021, this is the year of what? Radical obedience. This is the year that obedience cultivates my heart and provides all the nutrients so that every seed sown produces a harvest. Not, not some seeds, not most seeds. Every seed sown produces a 30, a 60, or a 100-fold harvest in our life. And that's the, our inheritance that God has. Every seed, when Jesus was saying, let there be light. That was seed. That was word. Why? Because in the word is power. In the word is every dudamus. It has everything it needs to produce, but it had to have a place to incubate. So in my heart, when I receive that word, it incubates. And then when I speak it out of my mouth, when it's mixed with faith, baby, that's when earth manifests. That's when things happen on our behalf. All right, let's wrap up on thorny. It says, when you're thorny ground, you find yourself getting angry and responding with cursing. You find yourself holding grudges. You find yourself offended. You find yourself operating in every unforgiveness. You find yourself laying up with people that's not your spouse. 
you find yourself failing to hear and do what God has called you to do. You do not trust God has your best interest in mind. So when you're a person that's thorny ground, you don't believe that God has your best interest in mind. And so when you get the those thorns are stealing your focus. Those thorns are stealing your focus. Matthew 6, I won't, I don't have time to go through it all tonight, but Matthew 6 goes through, and at the end of it, you know what 633 says. So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. So how do I become somebody? How do I get rid of a thorny heart? I begin to seek God's kingdom. Matthew 6 and 33. I began to seek God's kingdom. All right, let's get to our last one. Uh, now, let me read verse 34 for you. It says, refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way. One day at a time, tomorrow will take care of itself. And I heard Pastor Edwin teaching, uh, Pastor, Pastor Edwin teaching, or I talked to him this week or something. At some point, we were talking, and they said, I mean, Pastor, uh, Pastor C, uh, their spiritual mother used to say, uh, you don't need it till you need it. And so, so many times we're so worried about things that are a year out. We're worried about things 30 days out. We're shaking. The thorns are, are, are coming up. They're stealing our focus, but you don't need that rent money till you need to pay that rent bill. And so God can come on day, on the same day, the same hour as you're going in to the rent office, not knowing how the bill could be paid, God can have somebody give you the money or it could be on the ground. Heck, he made money come. They paid taxes from money that was in a fish mouth, you know, but you don't need it till you need it. And so I won't grow, I won't grow weary in well-doing. I think it's, uh, it's Joshua. Over there. He said, "Be not be be not dismayed." Right? He keep telling them, "Don't be dismayed. Don't be dismayed. Don't be dismayed. Don't get discouraged. Don't think that I won't come through." This and, and I posted something the other day, and it was so good because God was telling me, He was like, "Raph, I'm a God. You can trust me. I never fail, and I'm not starting with you. God's never failed, and He's not going to start with you. You got to trust in that." You got to trust in that. So good ground. All right. Mm, that's good. God will never fail us. He'll never fail us. He's like, I've never failed and I won't start with you. That's what he does. I've never failed, Ralph, and I won't start with you. I've never failed, Michael, and I won't start with you. I've never failed, Courtney, and I won't start with you. Letitia, I've never failed and I won't start with you. I, God isn't in the business. He doesn't know what failure is. He doesn't comprehend that. All he knows is victory. All he's ever experienced is victory. He'll never fail us, Leslie. He'll never fail us. He'll always come through. And here's the thing that we got to understand. Him coming through doesn't always look like what we think it should look like. A lot of times we count failure where God says it's victory. Because in the in our earthly observation, we think we fail. You think you fail when you didn't get that job. You think you fail when they told you no. You think, oh, this is somebody. You think you fail when you had to get that divorce. Baby, that's not failure. You didn't fail. God is just making, 
God will make what, what was meant to be something bad for your good. You ain't a failure because you got a divorce. You ain't a failure because you didn't get a job. You ain't a failure because your mama called you a failure. You ain't a failure because your daddy called you a failure. You're not a failure because your teachers called you a failure. Baby, you are victorious in Christ. And if you will choose to believe what the Lord has said about you, you can experience what the Lord has said about you. Catch that. If you choose to believe what the Lord has said about you, you can experience what the Lord has said about you. So good ground. What's good ground? Good ground are those who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit. They mix the word with their faith. They meditate on the word. They exhibit patience. They their, their fruit and they understand their fruit doesn't grow overnight. See, God is all about God is all about protection. God is all about preservation. God is all about provision. And in doing so, there are some character things that we sometimes need to develop to, to uphold the things that God desires to put on our life. So see, if God would have blessed me with the job that I have now, making the money I had now, with the mindset that I had then, then I may not have made all the good decisions that I made, right? So a lot of times, it isn't that God doesn't want for you to experience the thing now. It's the fact that your, your mind, your soul, your will, your emotions, your character, your work ethic, they don't line up with what it takes to uphold what God is trying to give you. So baby, don't hate the process. Embrace the process. Practice re reading the word. Practice studying in the word. Practice hearing God. Why? Because in that practice, you're developing the character that's needed to uphold the weight of what God tries to put on you. That's why if you read about fruit bearing trees, the trees understand that they can't produce everything all at once. So if you look at a tree as it's immature, it may produce some little apples, right? Why? Because it isn't designed yet. It isn't prepared yet to hold the weight of the glory of what it'll produce down the road. And so what happens is the as a tree grows and matures, it's able to withhold, it's able to, 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 to withstand the weight of the glory of all the fruit that it needs to bear. But as a baby, it's not that it's not bearing fruit, it's just bearing fruit on its level. See, you getting caught up because your life don't look like Susie's and your, life, your, your marriage don't look like Johnny's. You getting caught up because you ain't got as much money as Mark and, and, and that yo, you don't drive the same cars as John. But here's the thing, baby, max out the level you own. God is all about promotion. Max it out. Develop the character of God so you can, you can withstand the glory that he desires to have on your life. What's that glory? Abundance till it overflows. What's that glory? To be the head and not the tail. To be the lender and not the borrower. To be out of debt. To know no man, nothing but to love him. But right now, you can't even pass the test of not giving money to people that God told you not to give to. You can't even pass that test. Somebody come and ask you for $20. You hear God say, don't give it to him. You got $5,000 in your savings account. But you give it to them anyway. You got to pass those tests. Pastor posted it again, and I keep saying it because it's dear to my heart. Over the next seven to 10 years, you, are to, you can establish your future by doing what? 
observing the little things, exhibiting radical obedience to God. You can establish the next seven, 10 years of your life. Every act of obedience matters. Every act of obedience, everything that God tells you matters. You got to max out every experience, right? You got to max out every experience. You got to max it out. You got to obey God. So we got to see the word as the only option. Let's go ahead and type that as we wrap up. Say the word is my only option. The word is my only option. I have no other plans. I have no other thoughts. I consider no longer with flesh or blood. The word is my only option. And when I make the word my only option, I am guaranteed that when I sow into good ground, because I make God my focus, and the word is my only option, option that I have a 30, a 60, a 100-fold harvest. And because I've talked a little much already, uh, your seed brings perpetual harvest. I mean, I remember pecan trees that were planted when I was a little boy. And, and when I go back to Prescott, I see those trees bearing fruit. One seed was planted, but it produces seed every year. And see, there are seeds that you've forgotten about. Lord, I thank you that right now, everybody that listens to this, God, I thank you that you're bringing back seeds that we've sown. You're bringing those back to our remembrance, God, and that we're calling those the harvest from those seeds. We thank you that we, we're receiving harvest in this year of every seed that we have sown according to your word, God. We call a bumper crop off of everything that, that was sown that was not of you. We, we, we declare that that will not grow and that will not mature, but we thank you, Father that for every seed that was sown in obedience to you, we thank you for a harvest for it, God. We thank you that just like you told the woman that her meal will not waste, uh, go to, that it will not run empty. It will not, uh, it will always be meal and there will always be oil to what? Until her abundance shows up. Man, you, some of y'all have sown some seeds, but you're letting the thorns get in the way and you're, you're more focused on what you need than, than, than you are on God. But you are focused on God you'll understand that that same seed that you sow will bring back harvest into your life over and over and over again. Why? See, he told you'll never run out till your abundance come. You'll never run out until your abundance shows up. Man, that's a good word. So we're not responsible for producing a fruit. That responsibility belongs to God. However, we are responsible for keeping the soil. Our hearts fertilize so the word can grow up in us. We are not responsible for the fruit. We're not even responsible for the seed in a sense of making the seed. God has given you the seed is his word. Either you read it from what he's written down or what you 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 plant it by what he said, what he said. So your responsibility is not the fruit. Your responsibility is not the seed in a sense of making it. Your responsibility is keeping the soil cultivated so that the seeds, the word of God that I speak, the word of God that I read, the word of God that I study may be planted in my heart and that through obeying God, my heart may be cultivated so that the seeds that I plant will bring forth fruit that brings the kingdom glory. That's my responsibility. So when I do that, 
2021 will be my best year yet. It will be a year of household salvation. It will be a year of renewal, of being abundantly supplied with God's goodness. It will be a year that every partner of FOC experiences God's grace and glory. It will be a year of radical obedience. It will be my year of good ground, 365 days of the year, because I will see what God has said. Wow because I'm good ground. And I choose to obey God, even in the small things, even when I don't even understand why he told me to put on this shirt and not that shirt. I still obey God. When he told me to go past the parking spot that was the closest one to the store and park in the back, I still obey God. When he told me to, to sow $50 when I planned on sowing 500, I still obey God. When he told me to send flowers to somebody that I could care that I didn't have much affection for. I still obey God. When he told me to love on my spouse, when I didn't really feel like it, I still obey God. When he told me to leave a job that I that I was thoroughly enjoying, I still obey God. When he told me to go after my, that that, that this, what, this attack against my body was temporary, but all the doctors said it was permanent, I still obey God. Why? Because in this year of radical obedience, we will see we will experience in this earth everything that God has said. Amen. I choose to always obey God. It is the key to breakthrough in every area. So I pray that you guys were blessed by the word. Uh, let me put up a couple of things real quick. Let me uh, get to them. Don't forget about prayer tomorrow morning at 6.30 a.m. Don't forget about prayer tomorrow morning at 6.30 a.m. Don't forget about strategies for success, Monday, noon, Tuesday night prayer at eight. Come back here next week for Bible study. Sunday morning, join Pastor Chris and Elder Valley for worship and uh, follow after worship. Stay on the uh, stream for uh, Sunday service. All right. So every morning, 630, uh, we're fasting. No food, sweets, no junk food, no sodas or caffeine. If you haven't run on a fast, it's a good time to start. If you messed up with the fast, the best, the best next time to change is right now. So go ahead and change and join us. All right. Also, if you're not a partner, man, partnership has its privileges. And let me tell you, if you've been coming to our broadcast and we're blessing you, uh, you can stay a member of your church, but go ahead and hit that partner form. Go ahead and fill out that paperwork. We'll help you after you fill it out. You'll get a contact from uh, via mess, uh, email letting you know that you're a partner. All right, because partnership definitely has its privileges, and you want to partner with us because we are we're not going places. We've gone places, and we're taking more places as we as we continue to live out this thing. All right, and lastly, giving. We just talked about seed sowing, right? And we talked about sowing the word, but in sowing sowing the word, you also God tells us to sow into his kingdom. And so if you're if you're a member of FOC, then you know that this is the house in which you give your tithe, which is 10% of your gross income. So you could tie that uh, there. Uh, let me see if I see the uh, ways to give real quick. I don't see them, but I'll tell you what they are. Uh, you can give via push pay. You can give via uh, tithely. Oh, there you go. Uh, you give via Tyler, give a fire, text to give, right? So make sure, guys, that you're giving. Uh, and if you haven't already, set a giving goal for this year. And, and, and uh, every year I set a giving goal, April and I. 
on what we want to give to God, what we want to give to the ministry, what we want to sow into people's lives, right? We set an amount. And, and usually that amount is not something that we can, not usually that amount is something that we not we can't do on our own. And every year when we get to the year, and I got to do a better job of tracking it this year, but uh, every year we give more, we look back, especially when you look at your, your net income, you like, I got this much saved up. We paid off all this. We did, and we gave this. You like, oh, that ain't nothing but God. Why? Because contrary to your belief, you like, man, if money's going out, then that's not helping me. But baby, when you understand the kingdom, when I sow, I am partnering with God to ensure that his kingdom is taken care of. And God, being a great father he is, is not going to allow me to sow into his kingdom without reaping. And so, and because I love God, because I love my father, I not only give my tithes because he asked for it, but I give offering because I God, I love you. I, I thank you, God, uh, for this stimmy that you sent my way. So I want I want to sow this into back into the scholarship fund, God. So I appreciate the stimmy, God, but I thank you. I just want to give it back to you because I love you, Father. I just want to bless this family, God, because I love you. Why? Because when you begin to follow God, the thing that you love, you put your money there. April know I love her. My kids know I love them because I bring them gifts often. Why? Because your money is an indication of what you love. And it doesn't matter the amount. So if I was if I was a, a hundred there, right? If I only had a hundred dollars, it didn't it didn't matter amount. I would find a gift that I could give my family and give to God that fit within that or what God told me to do. So don't minimize your gift. It doesn't matter the amount. What you got to do is be obedient because God will grow your money up as you give to him. Wow. Good ground, 30, 60, 100 fold. So I love you guys. Be blessed. See you in the morning, 6.30 Central Standard Time. So don't, don't stay up late. You go ahead and get you a snack, get you a cup of water, whatever you need, get you a piece of fruit, and then be in bed by 10.30. Heck, you can sleep to 6.15. That's almost eight good hours and, and get on up uh, and be ready to log on at 6.30. So we will see you in the morning. All right. Love you guys. Be blessed.